this episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by Menesita Sorbetes, the Filipino ice cream. It's a coconut milk-based ice cream made with real coconuts. It aims to bring back the nostalgia of ice cream that was peddled in the streets of the Philippines. Uh, Nenesita Sorbetes is proudly made in the humble town of Alay in Bukidnon. Just message them at their page and mention the word HUGE UPSIDE and get 10% off on all the packages you ordered. Again, HUGE UPSIDE once you message them at their page. Wow, now that's a huge upside. This next episode is brought to you in parts by Comunidad Sacanto. In an age of social media, never have we been more disconnected. We believe the purpose of art is not to gain, but rather to connect. Our mission is to promote performing arts in Mindanao, to teach the value of patience and hard work through art, to inspire people to be contributors rather than consumers and to share stories from all walks of life. Comunidad Sacanto is an independent cultural center located in Divisoria, Cagayan de Oro City, open to a variety of social cultural activities that enrich the local community of artists, performers, and especially the youth of Mindanao. God summarized the purpose of life when Jesus said, the two greatest commands are to love God and love our neighbors. By saying this, he was teaching us that relationships are the greatest treasures in life. Relationships are what make a community, a place where people come to hang out, build each other up, and share stories. This is what inspired us to start. Hashtag Comunidad Sacanto. Together, let's help each other build this community of dreamers, teachers, contributors, and storytellers. where health, fitness, nutrition, and life around it collide. Welcome to another episode of Huge Upside. This is your host, Mikhail, our co-host, Adoshik Dad, Koi Sarmento. We'll be jumping in in a little while, but guys, I've got something really good for you. So, if you guys remember, we've had some guests out of the country, out of the Philippines as of late. And um, we got another one today. Just a brief intro um, about our guests today. So, I've been acquainted with this guest uh, since back in college. And we've also worked in the same school. And she has carried on with her passion and brought her talents to the U.S. of A. She's currently now in San Antonio wherein she is working and uh, as a speech pathologist. She's gonna give light to that, probably explain to us what she does for a living, how she makes bread, how she's navigating this year of 2020. So without further ado, let me introduce to you our guest, Angie Garcia Freeman. Welcome on board, how are you? Like pleasure, like pleasure, like uh, you've been on our radar actually. So we forgot we worked at the same school. Yes, we did. Yes, yes we, we did. did. <laughs> that was like that was like a, a, a another lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, good days. Good days, so, right? So, like Angie, thank you for uh, accepting our invitation. You know, yeah. a lot of a lot of people don't accept our invitation. This year. <laughs> Because so they don't like, know what we're about. To be a part of it. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for thinking about me. Um, we are honored to have you on. On behalf of Out of Shape Dad of Koi Sermento, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. And introduce yourself to our audience and take us through what you do and like how you've been navigating life through 2020. 
my name is Angie and I'm from CDO. Um, I live CDO in San Antonio, now. Yeah, I'm in San Antonio, Texas now and um, I'm a full-time speech pathologist and I'm also a mom. Um, I work in the school, um, school, public school, and I work with students with special needs, basically a lot of um, students with speech impairment. So it's kind of kind of like what you do. We're also under the um, special education department. Um, being a speech, I, being a speech pathologist in the Philippines, I mean, I did my school in, in Cebu, but at that time, it was very hard, like nobody really understand the profession. Like, oh, what do yeah, you do? Like, and I also didn't understand the profession at that time. I, I know, right? Like, <laughs> there's not much going on regarding speech and like behavioral services back in the field. Yeah, but I think everybody needs it. Like, yeah, absolutely. after learning about what like, speech and language is, like looking back, I'm like, man, when I was probably in middle school, I think I need like a, a speech, you know, therapist. But anyways, yeah, I did my school and I did, my master's degree in Cebu and then I really fell in love with the profession. My um, goal was to really get a job opportunity in the States because what we did, we studied like the speech and language curriculum in America. So I'm like, okay, for me to get a hold of what this profession is, like I need to get a job in the United States. So 2014, right. I was blessed enough to have like, um, with this interviews from like different states so I actually moved in 2014 I got a job offer in Mississippi so that's actually where I moved first and at first I was like gosh I don't want to move to Mississippi but at that time I'm like I cannot choose because I quit my job like I'm just waiting for an opportunity and right. if I had to wait more I'm like okay I, I cannot wait any longer and so when the Mississippi opportunity came I just I just took that chance yeah. and and moved to the no city. second thought. Like, huh? Yeah, and it was like a city. It's called Yazoo City. I don't know. You can Google it, but all you see is like hurricane, and it's just like oh yeah, not yeah, city. yeah. That was the first ever job I got as a speech pathologist. So it was super new. Um, so we we flew 2014, got to Mississippi, and then the next day we had to go work. And there was actually three of us. So I wasn't alone. So there's three of us That's who good. got the same job. And yeah, so I stayed in Mississippi for three, no, 10 months. And then after 10 months, like I was single at that time. And I was like, yeah. I cannot stay here. And it's just really, I was I was in a town called Yazoo City and it's really small. Like we didn't, we everything we have to do, grocery shopping, go to church, go to the gym. Yeah. We have to like travel at least 40 minutes drive, like country and Man. so after that experience, like a backwater or something like, yeah it was just and everybody was like why are you here like my supervisor she was like you're young and you shouldn't be here like find another opportunity somewhere and all but it, i do understand that there is a huge need in that school because it's like a really low income community like mm -hmm. they need people and they actually hired a lot of filipinos um there like filipino teachers so yeah I, I lived there for 10 months and then after that experience i was like i really need to be somewhere like i i cannot right. be here and so i just applied i actually applied everywhere um, i applied to like different state and then san antonio was the the school was your, here big, was your breakthrough yeah so the san antonio school the the one my employer now they were the ones that were really quick and got me the job and I'm like, okay, San Antonio school, I've never been, but I think it sounds cool. <laughs> well, once I got the job opportunity, I was like, San Antonio is pretty cool, Spurs, okay. and, you yeah. know. Better than Mississippi. <laughs> so much better. And so I drove, and that was my first, like, that was my first experience, like, driving that far. Like, it's a nine-hour drive. I mean, it's, probably, it's not that, if I think about it now, it's not that far. But at that time, it was like, whoa. Um, it, I was by myself, packed everything in my car, and then I just drove for like nine hours from Mississippi. Talk about road That was a pretty cool, <laughs> yeah, that was a big adventure. And so yeah, so here I am, fast forward six years, I met my husband here, now we have a daughter, still at the same job, so it's it's been really good. And I always think about men, like, what if I didn't get that call, you know, life would have been like really different. Different, right? Oh. And then, uh, what's the name of your daughter? Charlie. Charlie. Br break it down for us. Like, you also got like girls who are named like after boys. Like, some some parents name their kids like Sam or Joey. Our dog's Joey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Charlie, um, I don't know. So, 
Charlie wasn't our first option. Yeah. We thought about, so we had, we, when I knew we were, I was pregnant, yeah. we didn't want to know the gender. So All she was right. actually a surprise. So we kind of prepared a girl name and then we had a, a boy name. And then I don't know, we just like, I, we watched this movie. It's called Mr. Church. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen this nah. movie, but it was Eddie Murphy. And then um, mm -hmm. there's like the main actress, her name was Charlie. And I'm like, I think I really like that name, Charlie. And then one of our favorite country singer is Charlie Crockett. And so how he spells his name is C-H-A-R-L-E-Y. And I'm like, okay, let's name her. If it's a girl, uh -huh. let's name it Charlie. And then let's copy Charlie Crockett's spelling. So that's just kind of our guy, Out of Shape Dad, uh, Koi Sarmento, is just standing by. He is on the calls. Yeah, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, I can hear you. My, uh, my internet sucks here right now. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Angie, if, if, you, if you ever heard, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Ever heard of that yeah, PLDP stuff going on in the Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? What a timing, right? This what is a, it right what here. What a bad timing. But it's okay. Ah. We still show up, right? Oh. Yeah, we still show up. Consistency. Yeah, to be <laughs> consistent. So, um, allow me to introduce to you my co-host. I think you guys know each other, but you've never been introduced. So, yeah, I've never been introduced. Yeah. So, this is Koi and uh, Koi. This is Andy. Andy, this is Koi. So, like, Hello. I know each other. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, Andy. I think I knew you from Ayen. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah. Same thing she yeah. was saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, bro. same thing, yeah. Small yeah. world. Small world, small world indeed. Yeah. Well, I think Neil has just that really close knit. I really like it. I miss it though, because I don't have that here. It's like here you kind of have to plan who you need to see. It's not like you just bump into them at the mall. I mean, I don't go to the malls here, but you know, like uh, CDO, the culture is like you go to the one coffee shop and then and you go to the everybody's place, there. Everybody's yeah. there. <laughs> people you know, people you know is like. Yeah, you bump to people you recognize here, right? I don't know now since we're getting older. Uh, every time I go to those kinds of places, like people are new. Yeah, like, it's a new, it's a the new batch. Now. Yeah. yeah, we're actually supposed to go home in June with all my family here. Plans so. are canceled, huh? Yeah, it's all canceled. Hopefully, we can go back next year because we were gonna celebrate Charlie's first birthday. That was a plan. Oh really? So hopefully, we can do it for his second birthday. <laughs> when all of this ends, I know. I don't think it's ever gonna end. It's just we probably just need to we just adapt. need to adapt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, bro, you got do you do you have like some questions for Angie? I, I, you you weren't here when she was introducing herself. <laughs> I know, the... I know, man. Like, I just came. I, I I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But so, the so, thing so, is, I, I, I I'm I here. My yeah. daughter, how we named her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that that was your question, yeah. So me also, I, I uh, so how's motherhood, man? How was? It? How was the adjustment? Oh my um, gosh, motherhood. Uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, my identity is now becoming a mom. Like I pretty much lost me. I kind of like struggle a little bit because I don't want that. Like I don't want to be like, oh, she's the mom. Like I want, I don't want to lose my identity. Uh -huh. You so had that I, like uh, the postpartum? Yeah. postpartum. Postpartum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think I had that a little bit. So um, what was your postpartum blues like? Like, oh, it was hard my mom, my parents came when I had her, but my mom only stayed for three weeks. Uh -huh. And All when right. she left, it was so hard, like navigating life without, you know, like we don't have yayas here. So navigating oh, yeah. life, it's just so hard because like when my mom was here for three weeks, she was like making, like cooking and it's like all my favorite food. But when she left, we kind of have to navigate life where it's just the three of us, like me, my husband and baby. And um, I've always worked, like I, I've never had, never in my life have I not worked. Like I went to school, after school, work. And there was never a time where I'm just like, oh, I don't have a job right now. I'm just like, you know, yeah. chilling. And so at that time, um, luckily she was born in the summer. I don't work in the summer since I work in the public school, so I get summers off. And she was born in the summer, so it was perfect. But then, um, I kind of miss like going back to work because in the summers too, like we're so used to like doing something fun. But that summer I gave birth, of course, like I have to stay home. The adjustment was just 
kind of hard because I was like, man, like, I'm just breastfeeding all day, and I'm like, yeah. you know, and I'm like looking at the house. I'm like, okay, we need to like clean the house, clean her room, or right. like do dishes and do the laundry. So it was hard, but I'm really glad that my husband was like here. Like, kudos to all the single moms because I don't know like how, how do they do it, they right? Do it. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So there were moments that I just cried for no reason. And I'm like, what's going on? And my husband is very supportive that like, hey, go see your friends. Like, I got this or, you know, and then he kind of was like very supportive. Like, you need to go back to work now. Like, you know, like, like, are you okay going back to work? And so I did went back to work after eight weeks. I think I had like, no, when my daughter was like two months, I went back to work. And I think going back to work and just going back to like my routine kind of helped mm-hmm. me gain myself back like okay this is my life kind of thing but um we i was also really thankful of my community here so um my friends they were like taking turns of like sending us meals so when my mom oh, nice. left they were like okay nice. like nice. they have like this app so it's called and i really i really hope that i know new moms out there like especially in cdo like the ones that are struggling like i really hope they have this community because it was very helpful like i wouldn't know how to survive without them so they would just send us meals so there were like there was after my mom left we didn't wow. have, have leftovers and then we didn't have leftovers <laughs> and then um these meals just like came in so we had like really good home baked meals that our friends would like drop in and that helped us so much and i tried to um until I told them that when, once we were like back in our routine, I felt like, hey, we're good. Like we don't need meals anymore. But I really tried to like, um, what's this? Like pay it forward. So after that experience, and then I meet somebody who's a new mom, like I would like order like Uber Eats. Like, hey, what do you want? Like I got your dinner. So I'm just like. Oh, so you <laughs> have that over there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Man. So I don't. That's it's, so it's nice. Hard being a new mom, so you lose yourself. You like. And I did struggle a lot with the, my body image. Like mm-hmm. I know Koyara dad, right? So yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. It's just like, like nothing fits me. Like I don't, I don't like shopping. But then, like, oh my gosh, nothing fits me. Like I used to just like I kept wearing at the beginning. So when I when I got pregnant, and then everything changed, and then mm-hmm. I had to get like pregnancy clothes, and then after giving birth. I lost all of the like weight and then nothing fits me again. So it was just like a constant struggle, but it's like struggle. always different. Like sorry, Angie. Like I have to cut you off. Like we're men here and we don't <laughs> we don't we don't give birth I, to the babies. So yeah, you, just, you, you, you can't relate that part. But probably quite I, an I, idea. I, I don't have yeah, a kid I, yet. I can tot- I can totally relate because like knowing because when my baby was born, um, I when my when my fiance was uh, studying for exams for the, the NCLEX, I was the one who's taking care of the newborn. So I had a glimpse on how uh, to be a mom. Yeah, it was like, and we didn't have any help here. So uh, I totally get where you're going from. Like you saying all those things, like maybe reminded me of whoa. <laughs> it, it, it gave yeah. me a, it gave me it gave me an idea like how struggle it is and how rewarding it is at the same time right right yeah it's it's not that bad but i always like feel the struggle of like a new mom because it's not easy thanks for the heads up Ange. like i know what to expect now so that my wife won't kill me when she's pregnant (laughs) yeah you're next i'm sure it's not easy for the dads too because they don't understand like you know we have the mood swings all that stuff so like just i know it's not easy for y'all too like especially for my husband I, I'm sure it wasn't easy for him because yeah. he looked at me, like oh my gosh I feel so helpless because I can't do anything like it's not like I can feed the baby or whatever so yeah but it's it's a teamwork so 100% teamwork right there you don't get sleep and stuff like that but it gets yeah, better we, sleep. we sleep trained our kids so now we get really good sleep <laughs> so how did you sleep how did you sleep train your kids like just let her cry <laughs> Oh, is that how you do it? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, so, um, do you want me to go into the sleep training? Because I can say. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead. We sleep trained. So, what? So, Charlie actually sleeps in her own room um, now. Like when she was four months old, she starts sleeping in her own room. 
that kind of helped us a lot because we need sleep. Because me and my husband, we both work full time, so we mm-hmm. need and we work normal hours. We work eight to four. We need sleep, and so um, we were just like, we need to do something. So I read this um, article about sleep training. It's called the Three Day Solution, and that's kind of I fo- what I followed. So basically, it's just saying that you need to give the baby uh, time to sleep. When they cry, it doesn't necessarily, they just process sleep. So imagine you as an adult, if you wake up in the middle of the night, you, you know, like you move around, you think about whatever, you twist and turn, but for babies, they, they just cry because uh-huh. they don't know how to process it. It's not like they're going to move around or whatever. They just cry. They use their voice. And you, ha- so that article is telling me to like, give them at least 60 minutes. So that's an hour, right? Give them at least 60 minutes to process sleep. Um, because what they're doing is they're just processing sleep. They're trying to sleep. And if you intervene, so if they cry and then you go and carry them, you're, you're kind of like disturbing that process. And so uh-huh. they start all over again. So they're going to be so- dependent on that. Yeah, so what I did, I did not understand that at first. So what happened was, I did not understand that first. So every time she cries, I'd go in her room, pick her up and put her down, but she only gets mad and mad and mad. So she would just cry forever. After I read that, it says, once you put them down to sleep, you have to put them down while they're awake, not when they're asleep. You do do your routine, so you do bath, read, mom will feed the baby and then you put her you put the baby down while they're still awake not when they're asleep on your shoulder so once they're awake and then you turn off the lights turn on the sound machine so the sound machine really helped us a lot and then you close the door and then you leave them and you give them one hour to cry they usually not cry for a whole hour so charlie only cried for 20 minutes it felt like forever but it was actually only 20 minutes and i had to write it down like night one 20 minutes cry well you're taking data too yeah, and so the third night, she actually didn't cry anymore. Like, third night, she like, knows it's sleep time. And so that helped us. And so we were like, yay! So her bedtime is 8. And so from 8 to, like, 10, that's kind of, like, our me time. We watch a show, like, drink wine. So it kind of helped us as parents to, like, okay. So right now, she sleeps fine. She wakes up at, she sleeps 8 to 8. So we're like, yes. But I wish I'd done it earlier because we did. We were very strict with the sleep training when she was already nine months. So I wish we'd done it like when she was five months old. <laughs> so you can train them earlier too, like even even yeah. if they're like a month old or something. Yeah, and if they wake up in the middle of the night, you just kind of continue that cycle, and you would know. So if she wakes up in the middle of the night, I don't get. I always give them an hour. But again, they don't cry. Like for her, like she didn't cry the whole hour. She would only cry. 20 minutes max so yeah so that's what we did to get our life back like that must be like a like a a victory for you guys like oh it was such a victory (laughs) Um, super victory gosh and then when yeah and i had to sleep and my husband's very like she he is very helpful so in the morning i i'm not i'm not a morning person and he is and so he'd wake up early, then I'd sleep in. So we just kind of like take turns. So he'd prepare breakfast and all that stuff, and I'd sleep. And then, yeah. So it's just nice. all about teamwork. <laughs> teamwork. And talk about teamwork. Like you and your husband, Mr. Tanner uh, mm-hmm. Freeman, like been quite the tandem, like hearing from you talk. Take us through like Mr. Tanner too, your husband. Like he, I know you mentioned he does podcasts and I have yeah. listened to a few of their episodes like yeah. Hecho SA right and yes talking about the people of San Antonio and man those stories are inspiring like for you guys that also tuning in like we are also a podcast of support so just look in the notes check out this podcast by um, a- Angie's husband it's called Hecho SA I repeat mm-hmm. it's Hecho SA Maybe it might bring some light, just something to listen to. If you guys want to know more about San Antonio, if this episode doesn't give enough information about San Antonio, just head over to that podcast, man. And the quality is so good, bro. They have like studio quality, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty cool. And when when I when I reached out to Angie, I was like, man, this is so intimidating. Because they know what good quality is, and we're, we're 
bro, we're, we're not even, we don't even have equipment. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what is it like to have like a, a, a husband who's like passionate into that kind of stuff too? Take us through that. Yeah, so actually, I can speak more of what he really does. So he's he's actually a graphic designer. He owns his own mm. company called Do South. Um, he is a really good, passionate designer. So what he does is he designs like, so he, this is a wine glass. This, yeah. this is this is his client. So he, his clients are like beer bre- breweries and coffee shops, and he gets to kind of do cool stuff. <laughs> and then does he um, does tea? More on the creative side. Does he does teas like graphic teas? Yeah, teas, but that's just kind of like the minor. He's more of like branding. So if branding. you let's say if you open up a restaurant, like what do you need? You need a website, and you need a you know like you need signs and all that stuff. So. Yeah, the merch kind of comes in too, but he does like a little bit more. It's all like branding. And um, the head show San Antonio, which actually means made in San Antonio, is oh. just kind of like a, it's just like a passion project that came in like not too long ago, I think yeah. during quarantine um, with his buddy who does the sounds. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty cool because he really loves San Antonio and loves the history of San Antonio. And so they kind of just want to talk, what's it like? Like, why San Antonio? Like, why did you choose San Antonio? So it's all of this, like, people that have made it here. So we're just pretty cool. Hopefully they will soon. interview Patty Mills soon. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Let, let me know. And but then that's probably, the goal. <laughs> let me know so that, you know, probably you guys could hook us up with Patty Mills too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that would be big time. Um, recently, he did, um, so during the pandemic, we were just kind of trying to um, see what we can help in the community. Mm-hmm. And so his company, he designed like these stickers. It's just like really simple stickers nice. that says, stay home, you know, wash your hands. Hashtag um, stay home, hashtag yeah, it's social like, distancing. Like um, spread good vibes in these strange times. These are really cool stickers. I'll just show you, I don't have it right now. We sold those stickers and then gave all the proceeds to our food bank here, and we raised like three thousand dollars. So that was Man. really good. So, okay, um, uh, thank you for um, uh, mentioning that. Like you, you like a food bank, and then you also do like philanthropic stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of your questions was the book drive that the I the book did. drive, right? Yeah, and so. A good segue was like after that after he did that i was kind of like inspired like oh i i need to do something like i want to do something too and i got um connected to this um company it's called usborne books and more and they do fundraisings and so i just connected with them and they have a lot of like children's books so they're mostly children's books and i love the books so ever since i had a kid like Mm. you know now that I have a daughter, I need to stack up with my like book libraries and stuff like that. And so um, I got into that and then they have a fundraiser and they do this book drive where they match donations. Mm-hmm. So whatever I get from the donations from the people, they match it 50%. And so I was able right, to raise, right. yeah, I was able to raise $1,000 free books. Congrats. And then I gave it to our local boys and girls club here because i mean it's a pandemic like everybody needs books yeah. like it's affordable very it's noble easy. and yeah books. it's affordable very. it's easy and it's entertainment like just give you get a book but you know uh, books books have been around too like like since like man learned how to write right like yeah. books have been around like but i was my question was uh kind of circled around like why not like chromebooks and laptops <laughs> and why because books? I think that's just, I don't know, I get, I think that's just harder. And I also, because of the pandemic here mm-hmm. in the United States, there's a lot of like um, delays on like the Chromebooks because oh. our our district, we actually ordered books to give for our students uh-huh. and we haven't even gotten it yet. And so I guess the reason why I didn't go with the Chromebooks, I just wanted to have it easy and I wanted right. like right then and there. Um, so the books is like a need like we don't need to like even if you're at home you can use your books or you know it's just easy you don't need to charge it right don't need no Wi-Fi (laughs) yeah and a part of like the Osborne book the company that I partnered with um, their mission is to spread literacy and so books yeah Osborne books right yes shout out to Osborne books yeah Osborne books Uh, they're actually a UK company they're they're big so 
shout out yeah. man like i didn't take you for someone like to do all these incredible feats and and that's not even me all too. i mean i do i it's my husband influenced me a lot like he has really? that heart. he's always had that heart and yeah so it's good like Please. right now we're already thinking about like what else can we do like man, okay books like, were good and the stickers were great like what else like you know we're so blessed like me and tanner we're just so blessed that our jobs weren't really affected by the pandemic but a mm. lot of people lost yes. their jobs and you know so it's hard and working with kids right now like i know it's a struggle for parents too like doing the online and thing. even the teachers oh. can say like man our industry is dying because <laughs> uh like it's, it's difficult to teach if if you're not in front of the kid right it's really yeah. different when you're on the other side of the screen it is different and a lot of like So I had a parent, we had a meeting the other day and this parent was just like really honest and he told, she told us that, hey, we're really failing with the distance learning. Like, this is just not for us. We're failing. I'm not, I work, you know, I work full time. I cannot help my kids back home. Yeah. I really understand the struggle. Um, I think this is just a struggle of both parents mm-hmm. and teachers just because, you know, like it's, it's hard. And then we do online teaching. And then 20 minutes is just technical difficulties. Like, can you hear me? No, I don't hear yeah. you. It's, <laughs> it's real. I've done that here. Like one one of my clients asked me to do like an online class, online class. Like, and he was on the spectrum too. The kid. And imagine yeah. a, a kid, a kid on the spectrum having to go through that. Like, uh, like yeah. screen time and like you have to train him. Like you have to teach him like specific skills and you're the other side of the screen how is he supposed to learn that way you have to be beside him and all that but it but it worked and um, i got the kid yeah. to work through like um gmail and uh, uh-huh. the kid the kid started learning to uh use social media as well like we were messaging in facebook messenger it was like um, really interesting and really reinforcing for the kid but it's like totally different dynamic but if, if you ask me like I'd rather be in front of the kid like I, yeah, I, I need, I need to be there like <laughs> it, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the education system right now is just like secondary because the best right. is to face but we just yeah. can't do that safety reasons yeah, but that's a challenge right now I guess right like man and so I remember uh, we were colleagues back then back in Roseville school in Cagandior City so yeah. yes you're still teaching or speech pathologist so tell us like so being a teacher in this era like where the way with the pandemic has opened new possibilities and challenges with online learning and distance learning this affected the way you teach it is in some ways but since i am a speech therapist i don't really do like i have a different i don't do what teachers do like i don't have a lesson plan or i don't have that but i do just take data yeah i take data and then um i do have a plan so each kid has like an IEP plan, like individualized mm-hmm. educational plan, and then I follow that. But what's inter- what's interesting is teletherapy is has actually existed even before the pandemic. Teletherapy, no, yeah, take us through. That's a that's that's a different term there. Teletherapy. Yeah, it's teletherapy, and they've been around even before pandemic. So there are schools in the United States, especially in the rural areas, that they hire teletherapists because they couldn't probably afford. Therapists to go to their school, mm-hmm. and so they do virtual. So it's been around. It's just that when pandemic happens, everybody is teletherapists like instant, right? Mm-hmm. When COVID happened, and I actually enjoyed it because there are a lot of platforms online that I discovered that is for teletherapy. I wouldn't. I think I've adjusted pretty well. At the beginning, it was hard because we had to call all the parents and ask them if they want to participate. And we did right. have parents that declined, especially those parents that have multiple kids. And like, I have five kids, I couldn't <laughs> her with like yeah. the third. Yeah. And that so we did ask permission. We did get a lot of yeses, and we also got no's. Like, mm-hmm. no, we're not. So um, break even. Uh. So the calling part, the communication was just um, like it was very hectic. It was hard because mm-hmm. now we have to like. Um, document every call every you know like every conversation we have with the parent every decision that we made so it hasn't really affected i i think there's kiddos that have like like it's hard for them to do the it's not good like i don't think they benefit from the the teletherapy some kids yeah. but 
I also have a student that he he's actually better at teletherapy than does does well than that and instead of yeah so it's just yeah it's just hard I mean, yeah. I don't know. It depends. Uh, I, I could say the same. Like, it's a, it's quite a challenge. Like, how can you teach someone behavioral-wise when you're not in front of them? Because you have to affect the behavior. Like, uh, much of our work, like ABA, is all through behavior, right? Like, yeah. I, do, you, do you have to make a behavior plan? I don't do that, but a BCBA has to do that. I don't know if you ever heard, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we are just like we're on the lower end. We are RBTs, registered behavior technicians. Oh, so, okay. So they do the programming, and we are the hands. We do the dirty work. So, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's, it's just difficult to teach someone on like behind the screen. And most of our kids are like they're not high functioning too. Like yeah, they're like you know they're not really as intelligent as you want them to be. So yeah. each skill has to be like broken down into task analyzed skills, like uh, from from the first starting behavior to the to the target behavior. Like even oh just like gosh, to yeah. put on a shirt, the first behavior is like just to touch the shirt, <laughs> and then the target behavior is to entirely put on the shirt independently. <laughs> so you have to teach that skill like step by step. And then, I actually uh, struggled. I have kids that have like behavior issues so um, right. yeah and I'm lucky I don't have to do that job so if they have a behavior I can support it like oh yeah. I can't do speech therapy because it is having a behavior yeah. and then yeah, yeah somebody refer- like you will step in and like <laughs> we've had like colleagues like you Ange like speech pathologists and um, they also had the same like um, I wouldn't say issues but they also had the same concerns when they, the kids was kind of behavioral and yeah. they would like look at us and like what do I do or something like oh man like it's really tough because you know like and that's your build hour right there if I jump in I need to be paid <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need to get yeah. paid like but you know like you have to be human too and you have to jump in and like once the, be- the kids in a meltdown like you gotta do something you can't just anyway it was nice to talk about our careers our passions like go a bit not really political here, but since you're from, uh, you're in the U.S. of A. now, and then you know what's going on. Other than the year of 2020, a lot has gone down, you know? And, yeah, crazy. And uh, with the pandemic, and again, um, do you see any signs of uh, hashtag BLM over there? Like, does oh, that yeah, even exist yeah. in San so, Antonio? Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, so right now, the racial injustice is just crazy. It's real. And Is it real? Yes, it's real. Racial injustice here? It's yeah. crazy. Have you, have you experienced that firsthand? Like, have you no, ever- I haven't really experienced that firsthand. Um, because so, okay, San Antonio is a huge Hispanic, Hispanic population. Yeah, because you're close to Mexico, I right? I blend in. I blend in. So, uh-huh. my name's, my last, my previous name is Garcia. My skin's yeah. brown. I blend in. They wouldn't yeah. even know I'm Filipino unless I tell them like I don't know because I'm Filipino. And so my first experience when I moved here in San Antonio, nobody knew I was Filipino. And then they asked me, oh, which college did you go to? And then I'd be like, oh, I grew up in the Philippines. I did my school there. And they're like, oh, you're Filipino? Like, why is your last name Garcia? And so I kind of have yeah. to explain that. Well, Philippines has been colonized by the yeah, Spain, Spain for like Spain, yeah. 300 years. So we have all the Spanish culture, Catholic, and all this stuff. And San Antonio is a huge Catholic city too. So, right. I, so me, no, I didn't really experience mm-hmm. the the race and all that stuff. I'm sure that's happening, but like I'm just blessed I didn't. But um, for our black community, yes, um, and that is mm. very true. So um, one of my one of our best friends here, she's actually black, and we are like she shares a lot of like her sentiments about all this yeah and i think the best thing that we can do is to just listen like we will never know what their experience are but we just have to listen to them you know you have to hold you have to reserve your thoughts too like you don't know you might offend someone yeah (laughs) yeah but also one thing is you have to acknowledge you know like you have to acknowledge that yes, I might, I was racist or I am racist. Like, of course, if I see a black man and like in the street, yeah. I'll probably go the other side. Like, you know, I have that mm. instinct in me and I have to acknowledge that. 
because we encounter a lot of people and they don't so a lot of people here also get mad because they're like they don't think black lives matter they think all lives matter but all right, right. I'm like, yes, what's your take what's your what's your stand on that like if you don't mind no, my stand on that is like yes all lives matter but for now it's black lives matter and no, no lives matter until the black lives matter that's my stand because um it's just like the black community they they it's just hard like you know i don't know if you've heard of like brianna taylor and like yeah, all yeah. these I've, i've seen like the nba is like full on advocating justice for that right now and yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. yeah take us through that what, so, what's the story behind that so the story behind that is brianna taylor was shot she's from kentucky she is young she's 26 i think 26 years old she's an emt and um police officers just shot without even knocking at the door like they didn't even say usually though there's a different law in kentucky so each state yeah. has a different law and so over there they didn't even the police didn't even knock like police officer like normally you should do the knock law i'm not very familiar with that but and they just started shooting and so he oh, died so and um their reason was like they thought the her ex-boyfriend is a drug addict and they uh, thought yeah, yeah, that it was in the house but he wasn't there and they just opened fire on her they just opened fire in an apartment complex where it's very there's close a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> it's a complex exactly. exactly and so up to now none of those police officers are in jail like it's really bad so you can kind of see like why you know and so it's well, escalating it's right i don't know we've been like really think because of what's going on like we've been really thinking about how which going to be intentional like for us that like, we're here we're living in this world you know yeah. like i go in the philippines you don't really see much of well, there's a lot of filipinos in the philippines that like, you don't really see black people or white like it's not yeah. very not diverse like, here yeah. now that we live in this world here we're, we want to be very intentional especially that we have a kid like we want to be intentional of how we're going to raise her to be diverse you know and because i think that if we're not intentional about it it might not happen because we're here in this world we hope to be really intentional about how we raise charlie like to be in the diverse you know like diverse like diverse. Um, because like i really want her to have like diverse friends like you need to have you know a black friend and you need to have a filipino friend and you need to have hispanic friends like just kind of be diverse yeah you can you can't be stuck with one uh, one community only right yeah and i also think you have to be intentional about that because if you're not intentional it might not happen and you don't really think about it like oh she has friends but then you know like you, it has to be i think it's really important that you have to be intentional about who she's going to be surrounded with like who's her community. So, I think that's what it is because for you to know like for me I don't really know what the black community is experiencing because I'm not black. Yeah, like yeah. I not experienced what they have, but the biggest thing we can do is listen and hear them, you know. So, I think that's just what it is and a lot of like the issues right now because there's a lot of people that say black lives matter and there's a lot of people that say no all lives matter. All yeah. lives crazy. I think they just don't understand like you say I'm not if I say black lives matter it doesn't mean that Filipino lives doesn't matter like it doesn't mean that you know this I'm, is the urgent one right now like yeah it's the urgent one right now and they're the ones suffering right now so it, it yes black lives that's just kind of my take on it well, I can't imagine what it is to be like black swell um yeah. but here too like you get that same feeling that there is there is like racial discrimination everywhere i guess and especially for our uh, black community like i've been guilty yeah. of being racist too like because i've had some experiences with a couple of black um colleagues of mine like it wasn't a pleasant experience i don't blame them i like looking back on it now i don't blame them for doing that like i understand like where they're coming from that this is a situation and then yeah. okay like life moves on it's more than that like it's more than me Yeah. So yeah, that's what yeah. my my stand is and it's it's hard especially now elections coming up here in November. Yeah. So like oh. uh, <laughs> so you can't vote yet. Uh-huh. I can't vote yet. It's just bad, but you know and I just know where my stand is. 2020 is really that's all weird. Like racial is going on. It's it's rough. 2020's been hard. It's been uh, 2020's been tough on everyone, man. Yeah. Like, from one thing to another. It's just tough. So I'm gonna sh- we're gonna shift to something different now, Ange. So thank you for taking us through that and your stand on that. So like 
also um, all this all these things going on in 2020 you gotta have something you know maybe a vice or maybe a hobby or maybe a passion to like kill that stress to take that to take that chip off your shoulder like to Mm-hmm. to distress right like so we also see you do some uh, yoga take us through your thought process like what's this form of movement exercise lifestyle state of mind has done for you yeah have you done this in a while like or is just so I've, been starting really, I've been doing yoga since 2015 um, I started here actually oh, in okay. when I moved to San Antonio I joined this gym and they have like hot yoga and that's Vikram yoga <laughs> it wasn't I haven't tried Bikram but the same um, it's hot I yoga the right? hour yoga and um, I really like the hot yoga mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of fell in love with yoga and um, I just kept doing it I'm, I don't think I'm very good I mean I try but um, well we all start somewhere yeah I, I'm, I try to be really consistent um, so with the pandemic I haven't been going to the studio and there's a really really nice local studio that I support here and I used to go every day but right. since March I haven't been <laughs> when they close um so I just try to do my my practice here at home um it's kind of hard with the with my kids and he's she's kind of crazy sometimes so it's very hard to like okay let me do my yoga but I did try to just do it even if she's around mm-hmm. um, just to kind of like just do it like i gotta do it you know um just to be consistent so even if she's around i still try to like right you know just to do it um so it's been really good it really helps me relax um and it kind of also depends on my day so if i'm not very tired i'll, I'll probably do like more cardio or like a more power yoga yeah or it kind of depends on how i feel Like if I feel like my back's hurting or whatever, I'll do like a practice that will kind of hit that, like hit the backs or you know stretch a little bit. Like it just kind of helps nice, me right? slow down. Yeah, because for that hour, for that one hour, I just focus on me and my body. Because I don't, you know, like when you're doing yoga, you're not really like texting or you don't. Yeah. Have, yeah. It is a little challenge just to do it at home because there is a lot of distraction. Yeah. Like I have my dog, and then I have my daughter, and then all the like. It's a little bit a challenge to do it at home, but I still try to do it. It's better to do it in the studio for me. So, so yeah, it's been good. So, like um, talking about your daughter's already like almost like is she almost two years now? She's fifteen months. Fifteen um, months. Yeah, so she and, just turned one in June. And also, you got that postpartum blues, right? What 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 was your mindset on getting back to peak performance, like being back to the old Hanji? Like, I don't think I'm back. <laughs> the, but is yoga in some form helping you return to that? Yeah, but, definitely because um, yoga has always been a part of my life even before motherhood. Yeah. And so just getting back to like doing yoga, that's kind of like my me time. And um, it's really like I, after becoming a mom, like it's really important to have a me time. Like I yeah, like. like Like everybody's pulling you around, like, like mommy so, here, yeah. and, and your so, husband's like, oh, Angie, I need you here, and oh even your God, even yeah. your dog is like, what about me too? Like <laughs> everybody's taking your time, right? So me like, time is really important, and my my yoga is like my power hour. Like an mm-hmm. hour of doing yoga has been really refreshing. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. That's kind of like me. Like that's just me. So I I really like that. It's really important. And so before. COVID, um, my husband's been really supportive about like, okay, like he does yoga do too. Yoga. He rides his bike, so that's his right. thing. That's so his we kind of take turns. So before COVID, um, we did take turns. Like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are my yoga, and then on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays is his time to ride his bike. Bike. But now as a family, we do try to ride our bike. So tomorrow yeah, we've been taking the kids day. out lately. Yeah, right? so tomorrow we're gonna ride our bikes, and that's nice. just. So nice, like to get out, get fresh air outdoors. It's just like really refreshing. So, what's the what's the COVID scare there, Ange? Like when you do a bike, do you have to put a mask on or not? No, uh, 
um, so they really encourage recreation. So like going to the park. They the, the government here is really encouraging us to like go jog, go hike. I know, right? You know, today like as a family we do ride our bikes. It's so fun. We just got Charlie like a little seat and um, she rides with Tanner and we just go to the river. So it's it's oh, really man. pretty. That's what we. We're actually close to the end of our segment, Ange, and I wouldn't want to hold you for long because I know it's getting late over there. <laughs> Yeah, I have all day over here, man. But it's, it was really nice catching up with you. Um, take us through like you um, paying forward to like doing the book drives, and uh, I just I just want to get go into detail on that. Like, ooh, what's the high you get from that? What's the feeling you get from that? Like, what's your why behind that? Like, you you're helping out this boys and girls club in San Antonio, and what else? God knows what else you've been doing out there. What why help? So right now, I just really feel blessed. Um, my why is that I am so blessed that I didn't lose my job, and um, like none of us, like my husband didn't lose his job, so we're like, you know, we didn't experience what other people are experiencing, yeah. and so we're always just like, how can we help? And that's just been really in our hearts like you know how can we help what can we do um instead of like complaining or instead of like looking at you know the bad side because if you find if you look at the bad side you're always going to find it like nothing's perfect yeah it depends what you're looking for right yeah yes. so we were just like man we really gotta help like how can we help so mm. i think it's more on like what can we do is like what's just in our hearts right now like what can we do in this like this is a problem what can we do like be a part of a solution you know so yeah. yeah it's just what's in our heart right now and i did that book drive and actually a lot of my friends helped i actually also have a, a couple of friends from the philippines actually donated book i'm like okay so right now we're thinking like what else because i did i did share a while ago my husband did a fundraiser for the food bank as well and um that's been really helpful so right now we're just thinking okay what what can we do I actually really want to help something. Um, I actually send books in the Philippines too. So there's a really, yeah, there is an organization I help. They're in Cebu. It's called Cure Foundation, and their organization is actually helping kids that are uh, there are human trafficking survivor. The name is Cure Foundation, and so I also send books over there. There's a lot of ways to help, so I'll, I'll just have to pray about it and like look where. Yeah, I, I think moving forward too is like um, you see it as a passion, like you're out there to help people. Like, would you consider that like part of um, your? I, yeah, I'll, I should be doing it more. I, I think my husband has, like, he's thinking about it more than I do, and um, really? I'm man, really it's so grateful. nice to have to, to to have a partner like that too, right? Like, kind of inspire. Yeah, I'm just really you too. grateful that he's kind of helping me think mm -hmm. that way, you know? Because nice. I don't like if I don't, you know, life gets busy. You don't really think about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he's just kind of like, you know, he's the one that's so selfless, man. But I he's willing. He said, like, he's willing to <laughs> be a guest. <laughs> He loves He's, Philippine history. He knows more Philippine history. Really? That's interesting. I mean, probably I could relate to him because, you know, we do podcasts. Yeah. Why not? He well, loves Philippines. Yeah. He's been there. Um, been there, huh? And when, you, <laughs> when, he, when they get to book Patty Mills, let me know. Yeah. Get that guy on their Hopefully. show, too. And so, Ange, so um, you know what we're about, right? You heard one of our episodes. So, this is you, job site, you know. Like, we're also a platform of support. We're out here, like, trying to encourage people to voice out um, what they are and um, share their passions, share their struggles, share their failures, share their lessons, and in hopes of bringing light to our audience, like helping our audience too, uh, and may bring some kind of value. This is your job side, like recognizing the potential of life and recognizing the silver linings. Leads to our last question, our signature question. What does huge upside mean to you in your context it doesn't have to mean that way but in yeah, your context yeah. okay so um i've been actually i actually thought about that today i was like what is huge upside it's so i think that. my the huge upside for me um i think my mindset has changed a lot when i moved here um mm -hmm. and the way i approach life has, has changed and but i'm just saying that when i moved here and I've kind of like learned the culture of where I'm at just because yeah. I don't really have, like I shared, like I don't really have a Filipino community here, mm -hmm. which is, I'm not saying it's, 
it's kind of sad sometimes. Like I do miss like Philippine community, the food. I really miss the food. Yeah. Um, it's all. It's it's always around the food. Yeah. So I really miss that, and I don't really have that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think the positive side is I am living this culture. I am learning so much. Like, yes. I've I've encountered some Filipinos. Um, I have a friend. But she's around with Filipinos. I don't think I've never heard her talk about Black Lives Matter. I've never heard her say yeah. anything about what's going on. But it's also not her fault because she's just not surrounded. She's just surrounded with Filipinos, you know. And right. not that it's wrong, but I think it's really important that you have to know about your community because you're here and you're you're living in this country, and you have to you know. Got, you have, you have to be. You have to on. be present where you're at. Yeah, yeah, you have to be. It's not like she's not present where she's at, but it's just she's just not living the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I think my upside is like I am living the culture. I am in with this community. I know, like I may not really know what's going on, but I do think that my presence is also helpful for them. So just a while ago, um, we have one of our best friends right here, mm-hmm. and I just kind of shared. She's never been to the Philippines, so I shared. You know, I shared to her how I grew up, and we just kind of shared that, and and she was like, "Oh, really? Like, I would not think about that." Like, yeah. just me sharing how I grew up. Like, she was like, "Oh, really?" So, I think my presence being around them is also helpful for them, and their presence is also helpful for me. So, I think that I am blessed that I have this community. Mm-hmm. I really miss having the Filipino community, but I think it has broadened a lot of my, you know, like my mindset, my. You know, like knowing different cultures and really living it, and not just you know hearsay. Nice. I think that's about it. I, I don't nice. know if that's no. That actually, it, it's perfect. Like you know, it, it, it's it's gonna vary. Like from from this is what's unique. You know, our, our questions like are the same. <laughs> like each guest gets to be asked the same questions. Maybe a few different ones every every now and then. But this is what's unique about this podcast and what we bring on the on the table is that our guests have like different views mm-hmm. it may not necessarily have to be the the literal meaning of you job side but yeah each guest is unique in his in their own way and they bring something different to the table and man this is it that was your huge job side and that's gonna add value to like to who anyone like who's like wanting to go to san antonio wanting yeah. to go over to a different country wanting mm-hmm. to go to a different state a different province they have to be aware of the community they have that's their upside they that's it that's all they yeah, need to hear yeah. and sh- so but, it's, been, it's been really good um i really like you. that i am in this community so it's been i do miss filipino culture like i'm oh like gosh like i wish you know like they always have lechon like, i just see it on social media man um, like, <laughs> but don't, don't you do that there like you don't you don't you do your own um pork belly I don't do my own. I order. You I order. order. Ah, from another Filipino, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for taking us through that. Basically, what you've been doing and what you're about, what you're trying to like. I wouldn't say advocate, but you believe in and your stand on the current situation mm-hmm. with uh, Black Lives Matter and all. Being a mother, thank you for those adv- uh, for those uh, information. It's like a, more like an advice for us. So Angie, this podcast for me. This is my key to the lessons of life, but this uh, through this podcast, I get to talk to people. I get mm-hmm. to learn That's about people. Awesome. Yeah, human experience, and yeah. also like I'm gonna throw in something here. I don't, I can't afford a gym membership right now. But what I'm trying to do with the guests that were coming in who are like big into like Kelton Fitness, they're trying to give me the free lessons, like. It's all for oh, free right awesome. here. Yeah, that's right. Like it's all for free. Yeah. Everything I'm learning now is like all free through this podcast and through the people who go through this podcast. And uh, thank you for uh, giving us this lesson today. I would like to say on behalf of Out of Shape Dad, he just said right now, like, sorry, bro, gotta do this one without me. <laughs> internet is crazy. Like that's true. Uh, we had some guests cancel too because the PLDT internet is crazy over there. The Philippines. Oh right now. man, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I understand. what that's worried. He's like, oh man, if we go to the Philippines, how will I work? The internet's not working. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's bad, actually. But hopefully it's going to change soon. 
Thank you, Angie, for taking the time to be on this episode. I know it's very late over there for getting out of your way. And uh, send all regards yeah, to Mr. Tanner Freeman. Tell him if he wants to guest on the podcast, he's like, oh, he'll definitely be a guest. Welcome, be man. We want yeah, we want to pick his brain and why why is he like helping people out all of a sudden? Like, Hopefully. thank you so much, Angie. And for our audience who are still tuning in right now, hope that was of value, guys. If you like more content like this, please help help the podcast grow. Um, go to our to the podcast platform subscribe follow share our page and get, please leave us a review on apple podcast come on guys it's been three months already our review to the podcast please all right then again this is mikhail and on behalf of out of shape dad we would like to say thank you angie for uh, being with us today light and love y'all thank you for tuning in to this episode see you soon Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. You have no idea how much this means. The fact that you've gotten this far and listened all the way is monumental. Hope that was of value. If you love content like this episode, help our podcast grow. Follow Huge Upside on the following podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcasts, Breaker, Radio Public. Also follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and other social media platforms. We sincerely need your feedback on Apple Podcasts too. Send us a message on our page. Engage in our social media feed. In this podcast, we also welcome sponsors looking to join this auditory journey of ours and guests who would be generous enough to share their time, energy, story, failures, lessons, passion, and success to our listeners. On that note, see you on the next episode. Light and love.